Hello, and you're listening to Let's Drone Out. And special thank you to our lovely patrons that help donate so that we can pay the editor to remove the swear words and silly things we say. Massive thank you to... Carlos Campos. Art Faulkner. Sam Dharma. On with the show. Let's Drone Out. Hello, and welcome to Let's Drone Out. With us this week, everyone's favourite, Curry Kitten. Hello. The Canadian on the team, Cole. Howdy. And our guest this week, Failsafe FPV, who is going to be explaining Walk Snail and the new goggles, amongst other things. He bravely ventured off to get a screwdriver before the show. Uh, I have got the screwdriver. It's a bit tiny, but... It'll do. Uh, it's a brave trying move. To get the, <laughs> trying to get the goggles taken apart because one of the main, well, one of the main things we were sort of talking about pre-show was the replaceable v- VRX, which is in the top sort of top part of the goggles. Um, so I'm trying to trying to disassemble them, but yeah, I'll quickly show you a little outline of the goggles. So there they are. They got I've got true RC antennas on them already. I was going to uh, say, does it come ones. with four stubby antennas now, or does it? Not come with they anything. do indeed. Yep, the they same. come with. Yeah, they come with uh, true RC. Uh, not true RC. More on about. They come with. Yeah, they come with sto- uh, four stubby antennas. Yeah, they default. don't come with true RC, or it would be fifty quid more. <laughs> yeah, but um, they've also got like a little upgradable patch antenna, which you can put on the front oh, yeah. as well. So this, this, these pieces here can easily be taken off, and then you replace it with um, patch antennas, which they sell in the store. I think it's like twenty five quid. And you get these two patch antennas, a bit like bit like the um, Luminaire Axie antennas, which you got on DJI, a bit like that, but they're sort of bolt on to the front. So are those um, color changing? They are indeed. So if I go see if I'm going to the settings and change the color. A, a tasteful on brand aquamarine for LDO, which is nice. There we go. So they're blue. And you can go to green. Oh. And you've got red. Or you got your menu option Black. is closed, which I mean, I guess means off. <laughs> but, uh, the, uh, yeah. I want my the best video signal in the world, and I don't want any kind of PWM noise <laughs> around it. Yeah. Cool. So we were talking about um, very briefly the the sort of differences, and, and one of the things we mentioned was like the, the awful menu button still the same. But the other thing I was wondering is how is the fan in the original? Although you seem to have fan low, fan high, I can still get a bit of steaming up and I sometimes have to pull them off my face for a minute and let it settle. Have you used them out in the wild yet? And yeah. Is it any better? Yeah, I have. Um, so a couple of weekends ago now, I went down to the White Cliffs of Dover and I was doing some cliff diving down down there, which is just absolutely insane. There's some there's the top views you get there. The only problem with it was it was really windy and um, yeah, I had a bit of an accident. Just at oh. least I um, lost the quad, um, oh, down, dived down the cliffs, and it didn't come back. So, <laughs> yeah, so that's my Bad fourth luck. quad in the Bad past. Luck. Yeah, <laughs> didn't come yeah, back. So, yeah, I basically I did a cliff dive, and 
I, in fairness, it was my fault. It's a stupid idea because it was windy. We should have just said, look, we're going home now. But I had a few two friends that come like traveled like two hours to fly this. So I was like, I'm not going. Well, I want to at least do a cliff dive. Come on. Being the showman. So, um, yeah, I tried doing a cliff dive. I did it a couple of times. It was all good. But mm-hmm. the problem is we were quite at the top. We didn't want to like be quite near the edge of the cliff in case the wind, there was a sudden gust of wind, we all, you know, went off the edge. But um, yeah, so the problem with it was, was we were kind of stood quite far back and it must have been, there was quite like a gust of wind and then basically the quad desynced. And then, yeah, there's no way down the cliff. Like it, the tide was in and also it's in a bit of an awkward place to get. So it's still there. So if anyone's in the White Cliffs of Dover and sees a quad, then it's probably mine. (laughs) (laughs) There you are. You just laid claim to any quad that might have landed on that 50-mile stretch of coastline. (laughs) (laughs) I have some DVR footage I can share of it um, when we're in a bit. But, yeah, it wasn't good. But here we learn. Yeah, don't do stupid stuff down cliffs if it's stupidly windy. So, oh well. <laughs> but the, um, I was testing out the new 1080p 100 FPS mode in these goggles, which they support. I'm not too sure if they're coming to the standard ones, the V ones. I know this definitely supports it, and uh, it was very nice, I must say. And I've not done any penetration testing or anything through bandos yet with it, but if you're just cruising all the cliffs, the quality is just ridiculous. And on that 100 FPS mode as well, it's really good. Is that bad? Uh, that that works you did do some mirroring. penetration testing and we found out it doesn't penetrate for a big cliff very well. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know because it was odd because I, it, it did obviously fail. So, you know, it did lose video at the bottom of it. But as I was going down, you'd notice it would start wobbling. And I reckon... Something happened. I don't know if it fail saved. I hope it didn't. It's Espresso S, but yeah, I think it probably desynced. I reckon because it it was quite you know all the wind and everything. It was just oscillating, just going forwards uh, when it wouldn't usually be perfectly fine. Yeah. So and it was flying with um, Gem Fan S bangs as well, which are four point nine inch props. So not really a great deal of sort of thrust, really. Well, that, you know, there's responsive props, but that sort of thing. I think I'll be better off with a. Five point one for prop. smaller environments, right? Really sudden acceleration yeah. in small spaces. But um, yeah, yeah. So oh, well. does the 1080p mode? Um, a lot of people have mentioned the kind of smearing you get with uh, some of the 720p, and you can put it up to high bit rate. It doesn't yeah. didn't in the early firmware seem to really change much. But if you use 1080p, does that help the smearing, or does that just give it more smearing because there's more pixels to deal with? Um, I think the 1080p mode does better in smearing because, yeah, I think it's just, it seems to be, it's a bit hard to explain because I have only been out once, keep in mind, so I've not really done sort of the sort of environments where I've noticed the smearing much, like in, in band nodes and things like that. But yeah, I think it's been pretty good compared to the 720p mode. I'd much rather fly that than the uh, 720p. And I haven't really noticed much in, in a difference in latency either, so it seems pretty consistent, which is good. But cool. yeah, it seems all right. I've not, this is with the V2 and uh, V2 um, VTX. So I've seen some couple of people complaining about the, the actual naming scheme of them. You've got like the V2, and you've got, now got the V2 with dual antennas, and they've got, yeah, it's a bit of a confusing naming scheme they're going with. But yeah, they've just released a new one with dual antennas and apparently much better uh, power, uh, I believe, like power system on, in it. 
VECs, so it should be hand, handle 6S direct voltage better. I mean, I've not really had any issues with powering my things from 6S, my VTXs. I just hook them straight up to the battery pads, but I do run a spike absorber and, and things like that. So, hmm. but yeah, yeah. I remember when we were over in Croatia, someone got really unlucky hypo FPV and was just burning them out right, left, and center on he 4S. Yeah. So. He's got his always replaced though. The Calyx are really good at replacing, but yeah, it's still not still not particularly great. I'm not too sure what's going on there because I think he even was powering them from a BEC as well, which is a bit worrying. He's yeah. <laughs> powering them from a BEC and they've like like No, I like think he, he once he powered them from the BEC, he wasn't uh, losing them, but he was before he used the BEC on 4S, uh, which was right. But who you know, from build to build, there can be massively varying amounts of noise, and some people crash yeah. a lot harder than others and stuff like that. So. There's a lot of variables in it. Yeah. 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 Well, it's but, good to yeah. hear that there's a there's a reason to to go get them if the 1080p mode is is good. Yeah. Um I just I would say that if you currently got the V1's goggles, stick with them. Like yeah, you I heard some people also complain about the optics on these as mm. well. I think Ian from Adtech was complaining about the optics. They are slightly wider angle, I believe they're 50 degrees compared with I think it's 40, 45, 46 on the previous version, which you do notice i don't think that's a massive thing because they are you know it's already i think the per, you know it's almost perfect in the v1 goggles where you know you mm -hmm. you haven't got too much of that vision just sort of right near the edge of the lenses yeah um but they pushed I've it a bit really... closer to the edge of the lenses on those then so yeah. if you've got your battery readout right down in the corner you might suffer exactly exactly that um but yeah i've not had any issues with the blurring the blurring edges it does depend on how, like, the position of your face. Mm. So what I've ended up doing on mine is I've actually got some of these little foam pads you can see here, which basically just push the um, okay goggles just close to my face. So they face further up, which helps. Um, so you lose but, a yeah, bit of that FOV, but then you get clarity. Yeah, yeah. And you can actually see, because I sometimes had problems seeing, like, the very bottom. Like, you can, or you can see it, but um, it just sort of, like you got a bit of a gradient there where you can see like the bottom of the lens on there. But yeah, it's not it's not a problem at all. I'm I'm really happy with the optics overall from the new, new ones. I thought it might be an issue, but no, it's fine. So you've got both sets and you do you find that you're always going for the V twos or you just kind of pick and choose or what's the deal? Um I'm pretty I'm pretty much fully sold on the V twos now. I like the one thing which you're getting on these ones is that HDMI input and output. I've not tried the output, but the input works flawlessly on um, simulators. So I plug it into my graphics card with HDMI, and oh, nice. you can run the full 10, 720p, 100 FPS simulators on on this. So you know you're getting the full 100 FPS for 1080p, 100. Uh, I did try 1080p. Um, don't think that's working currently, but oh, okay. it might potentially work in future. I don't know, but yeah, I did have problems with 720p, like. It was just, I don't think the video was perfectly synced up with what the refresh rate and the goggles and everything. It, yeah, it just didn't work. So, but that's an issue. My configuration yeah. or the goggles, I think so you're safe to stick with 720p and 100 FPS and it, it looks really good in the goggles, no issues. Oh, that's cool. I was playing um, on Crash Simulator in them and yeah, it's really fun. I remember trying to use my Sky Zone Sky 04X. They're not bad goggles and they are OLEDs, but trying to get computer games running on them, you realize that they're aim yeah. they aim for analog quality and when you put the digital signal from the pc into them oh my god everything was just like either blindingly bright or just mm -hmm. black and i couldn't get the contrast yeah. working it was it was a real struggle unfortunately 
So that I actually had a question. Cool. Do, do they both? Do they do both uh, sixteen by nine and four by three in the goggles, or? Um, for in terms of for analog, what do you sort of mean by that? Do you mean oh, by analog or by H, by the walk size system itself? Yeah, just in general, like um, I guess for HD, I guess since we're on the topic of HD, well, since I guess yeah. You know, um, yeah. So uh, yeah. So on analog, um, you basically you got the the buttons here. So you've got one here, which is your menu button, and one's the back button, and one's the record button, I think. Yeah. So what you do, you can press and hold one of these and it will switch between the inputs. So you can then switch, it'll then firstly switch to HDMI input and then it will switch to your analog AV input. And I believe the analog is four by three. So yeah. that's the native resolution of the analog input. And yeah, you just, you connect that up obviously with the jack port there. Um, I've already seen some people making these little things, 3D printed mounts where you can just clip on the front um, and then you can put an analog module in there. But yeah, that's four by three by default. Not too sure if you can change that to 16 by 9. I don't see why not. It might work as a matter you recognize the input and then adjust, but I've not tested analog yet. Um, Walks now, um, you have hey, you have 4 by 3 options in the settings, so you can change the cameras to 4 by 3 So say if you've got the pro camera, which is 16 by 9 native resolution for the sensor, I believe, you can change that to 4 by 3 but all you're doing with that is you're cropping the edges, so you're going to mm -hmm. lose some of that field of view. Mm -hmm. um, for 4 by 3 pilots, though, they do do the V2 camera, which is a native 4 by 3 sensor but you're not getting that Starvis sensor, which is what the pro camera offers, which is and it's super a pretty awesome low light. sensor. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. Yeah. yeah, I was just curious. So, so like you said, the uh, the sensor itself is native 16 by 9. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh. But I do, I do think I'm probably going to be running the V2 camera from now on because I do like the 4 by 3 aspect yeah. ratio because it just, you've got so much more like height, um, sort of, Horizontal field is it horizontal vertical vertical field of view. resolution yeah, yeah. you got yeah. a lot more vertical field of view um, and I find that the pro camera probably really good for like wings and stuff but in terms of actual freestyle I think mm. I prefer the V two just simply because that in increased field of view on on top and bottom you spend a lot um, of time power looping don't you so that that kind of yeah is it it literally a make or break and trippy spin, trippy spins and things like that yeah. where you're going upside down <laughs> definitely helps with that but, um, yeah i don't i don't know if i could get used to uh 16 by 9 in the goggles i feel like on the gopro is fine and dandy but uh i don't know there's something about having that you know more of a square uh aspect ratio it depends how much mm -hmm. you've actually got in degrees right so if you've got a yeah. decent amount of degrees vertically it's it's okay but if you're already suffering with the vertical field of view then 16 by 9 can be a bit of a pain and i think the yeah. v2 goggles as well for four by three pilots are going to be better because they've got slightly increased field of view so they've got 50 field of view, degree field of view compared with like 45 or 46 in the v v1s which then gives you that you know more height you know, yeah i was meaning more on the camera because obviously like mm -hmm. if you've got a massive say 100 degree field of view on the camera uh vertically mm -hmm. and then you're cropping it down to get yeah. 16 by nine it's a, it's not so bad if you've got like only a 75 degree field of view on the camera then you know cropping it you're gonna yeah. lose a lot so they don't really give stats on that they look you talk about goggle field of view quite a lot we used to like look at the lenses and with analog cameras you knew that sensors are pretty much identical and you just had to look at the lens sizes but do you know what kind of field of view you get from the walk snell cameras um i've not it's not something I've really researched off. Nah, don't worry, man. But, we can, uh, we can yeah, read the um, pages. Yeah, all I know about is more about the um, 
Yeah, I feel like they only give yeah. the horizontal number anyway. They go ultra wide, and they always have that mm. sort of <laughs> it's a bigger mm. number triangle yeah. going that way, don't they? They never talk about how much vertical space you've got. As long as they're not as bad mm. as the Dominator V3s, because I had those and they were absolutely <laughs> terrible. I've still got mine. Those are my analog goggles. <laughs> oh. I was up in the loft <laughs> no the other day, way. and I found found where I'd put my Quantum Cyclops diversity oh. box goggles. <laughs> <laughs> from Hobby King. Mm, quality product. Yeah, what neoprene did they have neoprene cover? Oh, it was a hard plastic shell. It had uh, really, really awful foam, like the sort of foam that is normally just packing foam. Um, but yeah, yeah, I wore them for probably two years, something like that, although they huh. completely bit the dust. What went on them? What went on them? Your, yeah. I was flying tiny whoops and stuff. It was like going from brushed whoops to like 75 mil brushless. And then I had a QAV 105 and some Esheen dodgy stuff. Yeah. You know, what's so strange about the, um, you know, having all this super ultra wide angle view, everybody wants that in the goggles. I personally found that I actually like a more narrow view in the FPV so I can actually like, you know, more focus in. And when I, when I can see so much on the sides, I find like, can sometimes be distracting. Whereas like, if you have mm -hmm. a smaller field of view, just like maybe on the lens of the actual, say analog FPV camera, I found that, I don't know, I can just see better, I guess, as far as towards where I'm going, opposed to seeing so much on the outsides of where I'm looking. I kind of assumed there was a right and a wrong answer. I guess when I joined this show, uh, I've noticed over the years that it's, very much personal preference and what totally. one person can give you 20 reasons for being the right thing for them is totally yeah. different for the next person. For sure. Definitely. So we were looking at the goggles and you had a screwdriver fail safe and uh, that's because they are actually user serviceable, right? And they've gone so far as to tell us up front that the VRX module, the PCB is replaceable. So, what do we know about that? So, yeah, so this whole top cover here is is removable. I've been trying to get it off for like the past 20 minutes. I haven't yet got it off. <laughs> Don't break um, them. <laughs> there's basically two screws in the top here, which you remove. Um, and then this whole topic comes off. Apparently, according to Ian from Tech, he said it's actually not that much diff difficult to, to remove than it is on the V1s. So don't really take that as a massive way. Yeah. Wow. But um, yeah, they, they're thinking basically there's a new um, chipset coming out, I believe. It's already out actually from, I've got the name of the company, but um, Artisan. Artisan, there you go. Yeah, there's a new chipset coming out or just come out, I believe, in 2021. So the actual chipset inside of this is apparently getting pretty old now. According to Jonas on the Walks on the Discord, he's uh, also a developer. Or he helped with D3VL, I believe, mm. which is the company that did like things like FPV out and the apps like that. Uh, he's done he's done a bit of research into it, and he found that it's reasonably old chipset now that's in the goggles and, and the system. So uh, apparently, according to him, it's end of life. Now I don't know, I've not yeah. much research into that, but that's apparently according to him. I've heard I the same thing. And the chipset itself is the AR9201, which is which is in all the walk snail kits so far. Can I quickly? Look, because I know Jonas put a lot. So of... it, the, the the current kind of explanation is that you know obviously Cadex Walksnail have bought up a whole 
heap of chipsets. So they've got enough of this uh, AR9201 to make a whole bunch of equipment, but they know that at some point they're not going to be able to get that chipset and there's going to be a new chipset that they have to buy instead. So they're going to yeah. work, obviously, to integrate that new chipset to offer a new line of products, which are going to be, from the looks of it, they're going to try and make the backwards compatible. They've made a lot of noise about you know, compatibility in the past. Um, but there might be some new features there as well, which could be interesting. So you see this one here, the third generation back from 2018, that is what apparently is in the current system. So the AR9201, which is yeah. what Stephen just mentioned about. Um, but yeah, the fourth generation, which came out in 2022, apparently. Um, yeah, it looks, yeah, it's got a lot more features. It looks like it can go up to 6, 7 gigahertz, 160 megabits per second. And yeah, so there's basically a new chipset out. And I reckon, I reckon that the next system, or uh, the sort of, the, what the updated board is going to be, I think it, I'm not too sure on the date. I should have done some research on this, but I know they mentioned sometime next year. I think it was might be August. I'm not too sure. I have to confirm that. But sometime next year, they're thinking about basically going to be doing like an upgraded board for the goggles that you just stick in here. It'll have the updated chipset. I think you may need new VTXs. I'm not too sure on that. That's not being confirmed too. But yeah, there's going to be a new, new chipset. Apparently, it's going to offer more range and yeah, other things like that. Yeah, so for, for those that can't read the kind of white on grey background there, the, the current one aims uh, for 12 kilometres. That's their, obviously people have gone further than that, but that's what they're suggesting it's capable of as a baseline. And the new one, they've put 15K. Obviously, there's a ton of engineering that goes into the amplifiers and whatever else they actually put with it that is going to affect mm -hmm. that. But we could be looking at an uplift of 25%, something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So look. And also an increase in bit rate as well, which might give the encoder a bit of a break. And also I, I've heard that actually the encoder is kind of CPU bound on these as well. So they want to obviously use H.265 and they want to get 100 frames a second. Well, that means, you know, they don't have a lot of CPU time on each frame. And that means they can't do a lot of really, really nice encoding. They're forced to just get it done. So yeah. we've got things like trying to balance smearing with delay and so on and so forth. And if if a new chipset comes out, that would uh, you know be a silver bullet for a lot of those problems. Yeah, it's actually I was, I was just looking into it, and it's just absolutely insane the amount of top technology that's in, in this tiny little board. You know, to send that video at 100 fps at 1080p, it's pretty insane. That the tool that goes into it, it's absolutely bonkers. But yeah, I'm really excited for the future and uh, what this brings. Um, we'll see they're continuing to improve. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, very cool. That's very cool. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's making me uh, think about it. I'm, I'm still in the analog realm, but mm. yeah, that's that's pretty enticing. I mean, 100 frames per second, like that's it's pretty good. 1080, like that's that's amazing. And it's. It's just the amount of versatility you've got as well. You can see here you've got... Yeah. Uh, I like the Wave also, the main thing as well. They put the SD card in the bottom as well. Hooray! Not yet, like midway through the, the eyepieces. Fine. And you yeah. have that, you got that proximity sensor as well, so when you put them on, they, they turn the screen on. I turn it off because sometimes it can be a bit annoying, but... It's pretty cool to be able yeah. to just take them somewhere if you're going out. Maybe you've got a train journey or something, and you could like just take a laptop and play a bit of simulator or something, and you don't need a big screen or yeah. anything. 
You can even watch movies yeah. on them, I guess, right? I mean, I've even... Um, something that I've been looking at recently is Velocidrone. Um, they're releasing a new app on mobile, which I've been in beta testing for quite a while. And you can see on my phone, um, ah. once it loads up, there's Velocidrone running on my phone, uh, which is a Galaxy Z Flip 5. Um, but yeah, you can literally play it. It works so on my phone. It's playing at like 100 F, 120 FPS, uh, full screen. So that's straight you know, USB-C to USB-C, USB-C then? Yeah. Or do you need to mess around with dongles and stuff in the middle? Um, no. So um, it's now supporting ExpressLRS. So I can literally Bluetooth my controller to my phone and play it straight from there. Yeah, but um, if you want to connect your phone to your goggles, can you I see? Do... Yeah, so I'm... Because I can plug yeah, my phone won't... into like the, the docking station here and it just pings up on the screen with my phone's display. So That's phones what I'm thinking could, of doing. Yeah. They can yeah. do that, but I'm wondering if the goggles work with that or if you need Not, adapters. I haven't tried that yet, but I'll, after the stream's done, I'll be definitely trying that, and I'm pretty certain it will work. It, you know, I don't see why right when my phone can output HDMI, you know, just USB-C to HDMI and then into the goggles. I don't see a problem with that. That, that would work. be really but neat. I'll just have one that. cable done. Yeah, exactly. And then Bluetooth to my controller. But yeah, yeah. Lost Drone, is, I think it's release now it has been in beta testing but i think it is on the google play store so if anyone we've got android and wants to have a go at it you can download it on google play and yeah it's, it's really good it runs really well um surprisingly good like i never thought that would be possible like on a mobile phone if you're playing full-blown velocity drone that's that's pretty cool it's got all the same physics i believe and everything like that so uh, brian fpv saying that pilots that bought the v1 goggles are in trouble for supporting them um, um would you say that no, no. Um, I don't... Obviously, I'm not Cadex. I don't know what their plans are and stuff like that going forward. Um, I've not been told an awful lot. The, the communication between them and me hasn't... They're not great at communicating, I will say that, um, in terms of communicating with us. But um, they are going to continue to support the V1 system. Or say V1. Like, it's still the same chipset. It's still the yeah. same... You know, still the it's same over like, the air protocol. Nothing's exactly, changed. Exactly. Nothing, like Matt Ian from Aztec said... Um, nothing's much changed from in terms of the actual RF point of view and, and the actual system itself. So don't, don't think, oh, you know, Google's X, it's a completely new system. You know, we're going to need to get all this new stuff. You know, it still works with all the current VTXs. Um, the V1 goggles continue to be updated and supported. Um, don't know how long for. That's not what I've been told. But yeah, that, you know, same, same sort of thing. So I, I can't see why yeah. they would just stop updating the V1 system. Because you know, there's still a load more to go on the B1, I believe, um, in terms so I guess of improvements the, and things. Brian FPV clarified with a 1080p comment, and we know mm. that you know that the optics are different, the internal electronics are pretty much identical, but are the panels of the V1 capable of 1080p 100, or is it physically impossible to do 1080p 100 on the panels, Ooh. whereas the V2 can do 1080p 100? That's a good question. Um, it's not something... I'm done much research into. Um, it does depend, doesn't it? I, I, I don't know if it's a simple update that could do that or not, but I'm got, that's something I'll yeah. ask them. Because um, the panel because is just a monitor and it's got certain capabilities and it can only go so fast. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's that. And also, I think something to do, I think maybe potentially could be a firmware update, potentially. Um, because I'm only saying that because this is on version 35, the currently sort of beta mm-hmm. version, and, and the Google's V1 is still on like 32 version, main version 32. So it could be a couple updates on that, and, and we could see it. But 
it's not something I've done much research into, but I will ask. I did wonder are we, if we were getting like full 1080p on those panels. I don't know what the spec of the panels in the V1 goggles is, whether they actually mm-hmm. do 1080p. Because to my eyes, when I enabled 1080p mode, it looked identical to 720p. I couldn't tell there was anything different going on. Mm-hmm. Definitely need to do a bit more research into that because on if the goggles just can't support 10, 1080p, like say at 100 FPS, because when I enable that, it's straight up when you go into 1080p mode, it will just switch back to 30 FPS. Like, <laughs> so it's weird, but that's something I'll ask. And get an Did you ever do it. 1080p in the V1 goggles? Um, no, I was mainly flying 720p because it had off that lower latency. All the frames. Um, yeah, yeah and the higher frame rate, exactly. Camera. Yeah. But for wings and stuff like that, 720p, uh, sorry, 1080p would be my preferred option, I think. Just get a bit more resolution. Hmm. Just, just a quick question on that Velocidrone thing again, aside from the yeah. fact that, you know, there have been some simulators around that have been on mobile phones for a while. Ashley, who, who's the developer of that, claimed that he would be able to have radios connecting on iOS, which um, it, it, he says he found a way around it but was unwilling to share it. So when you said it's released now, you think, I'm wondering if the iOS version is out because I'm desperate to know I will, how he's I will got get around right now. the, the deadly curse of MFI on iOS. Someone's about to get sued. That will look. Because I hazard a guess he might have been doing it from an audio input and he denied that was the way. So I'm, I'm Okay. Interested. Interesting. So I've just gotten, looks like I've got an answer from the group. There's a Velocidrone mobile beta group on Facebook if you guys want to join and get so, so getting more involved with it. Um, but yeah, look and see there's a comment from Ashley in there saying, just for info, today we got Apple approval to release the iOS version on the Apple App Store. And that was in July. So it looks like it is on the App Store. We don't quite know yet. We, we don't quite yet have ELRS on board and we're waiting to see if our code will be accepted by ELRS for inclusion of the main branch of the firmware. We can go without that, but it will mean providing our own ExpressLRS builds for all the different modules. So it does, and that was 16 weeks ago. So I wouldn't be surprised if it potentially has been um, been released. Some, I don't know if it's someone's read out an MFI key from somewhere. Someone's uh, done done a naughty thing. Something's <laughs> very suspicious about this. You can't just <laughs> you can't just have Bluetooth devices connecting as joysticks if Apple don't tell you you're allowed to. You know, I mean, I don't, hmm. I don't, I think it'd probably be all right because. I don't know how MFI works, but isn't that just for mostly for like app, like your lightning stuff? No, it's for Bluetooth as well. It's, it's, a, it's a revenue oh, right. scheme for Apple to prevent okay. people from making compatible equipment. Yeah, and if they Who don't give you the say so, you for their can't phones. Do it. That would be crazy. Yeah, way too easy. Where's the money? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Ooh, so, yeah. Apple I didn't even know they did an iOS app, so that's good to know. Yeah. Looks like you can get it on App Store. It might be on beta, so you might have to go through, jump through some hoops to get it. But that's pretty exciting. Yeah, Android's pretty easy. I've plugged in so many USB and Bluetooth joysticks, and they mostly just yeah. work on Android. It just works, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, crazy. What's that all about? Where's the money? Who's making the money? <laughs> Honestly, God. Tim Cook's disgusted by all that. <laughs> Where's the beef? <laughs> Is that your Tim Cook impression? Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs>
This episode was recorded in front of a live online audience, downloaded and edited to make sense when it's played audio only, censored to please the iTunes people, hosted on the internet, forwarded through to your podcast provider, downloaded, playing on your device, and is now playing in your ears, all thanks to our Patreons. Consider joining them and you'll also get other online benefits. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash let's drone out. Uh, so the other thing, um, if you've got the inside track, Walksnail were talking about HDMI VTXs, so you could get some cine camera or something and plug it into a VTX. Have you heard anything about that? Yeah, I did. Um, I saw someone asking about it on the Facebook group the other day, and no one's. Well, some, quite a few people are sort of you know wanted to know as well. Obviously, uh, had no updates since, so I'll ask them about that. I've not heard back about that at all. I've checked the po- original post, and no one's commented. Sort of no one That's from them has commented on that. So, whether it's been the works or. Um, yeah, but they're facing issue or something. I don't what know. What would you sure. imagine, Stephen, that the latency jumps up by by doing that if it comes to fruition? I imagine it would be eminently flyable and there would be no problems posed whatsoever. <laughs> and that's exactly <laughs> what you'd want to do if you had a £10,000 camera. You'd plug it into an HDMI VTX and end up with 200 milliseconds latency and you would have no problem flying it whatsoever. No problem. <laughs> Everything is fine. Nothing to see here. And then they'll plug it into the, the HDMI monitor yep. on the VRX and gave me. You remember plugging your GoPro into stuff, Curry, and how easy it was to fly? Oh, it was very easy actually, but that's because it had back in the days of the uh, the GoPro two, it had a proper video out. You didn't have to rely on HDMI out, so it's a little bit more direct. So I would say there was not much latency, but back then we were flying big quads on free S, which didn't exactly go that quickly anyway. So it wasn't like yeah. Latency was the gap. least. It's like, could you get it through a goalpost? It's like, yes, yeah. went through the tiny gap. <laughs> when you went to the flying field with like the the wood pile from B and Q every single time to replace the arms, that is it. Is that what you used to do? I, not only that, I I used to buy it in like three point eight meter sections, and I had my MX five, and I could put my roof down, and we had loads of these yeah. big sticks oh, in it. You see, you take a soldering iron; it, it's got a chop saw in the field. Yep, it means business. It's brilliant. So, what do you think's next from Walksnail then? Oh, that is hard to guess. Uh, very un- well, kind of un- well, somewhat unpredictable. Um, I think they're focusing on getting those. Goggles sold, you know, as many goggle pairs sold as possible and fulfilling the pre-order and things at the minute, I reckon. But um, maybe potentially some, I reckon, some the 4K board. So, you know, that VTX, which I was, we were talking about earlier with the two dual antennas, I suppose you can support 4K. Um, I, I think what's probably going to happen is, is there's going to be a separate board which records the 4K. It's not going to be like 4K over the air. But yeah, th- I think they're going to be working on that at the minute and that 4K camera and they will bring that soon is... Uh, what, what we've been told. So I think they'll probably work on that. And potentially in the long term about you know about the new um chipset and getting that, that working and those new boards, I reckon. I have a suggestion of what they could do next. It's a minor thing, but I feel would be useful. If you yeah. go into your power on walk snail and you if you fly a big V2 VTX and you've got the whole like up to a thousand or twelve hundred milliwatts, whatever it is. If you go onto their 1S Whoop board and connect to it, it seems to say the same thing. But they seem to have two-way communication. So if that would say, ah, this is a 1S board, it only goes up to 350 milliwatts, 
therefore I should adjust my power rating so it makes more sense. I think that would be handy. Yeah. So does it, yeah, because it currently, when you set it to, if you've got the 1S board and, and or even the V2, which is, I think, supports 15, up to 15 volts, that's a 500 milliwatt board. So yeah, I think the current behavior is it will go beyond that, wouldn't it? Up to 1200 milliwatts. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's not really that smart. In, in sort you don't of really know what it's out. doing. Like you've told it to run this 1S VTX at one watt, but it's basically mm. undefined. It's like just having an option that says question mark. What's happening? Yeah. There? Is it defaulted it to 25 milliwatt? Feedback. Is it trying the highest it can? Or is it overrunning the, the amplifier and trying to hit one watt? Just don't really have a clue. That is a good, yeah, that's a good, no, that's a good feature. I, that'd definitely be good just to sort of get visual feedback as to what it's actually running. Cause it could be, you know, you think you're running at one watt and it's only running at 250 milliwatts cause it's in low power mode, for example, that'd be a good thing to have. Yeah. I'll, I'll suggest mm. that for sure. I have suggested it before, but you try suggesting cause they listen. I'll, I'll, I'll give him a, I'll give him a nudge. Yeah. There's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so many people, there's so many features that people are suggesting. It's like, what do you prioritize, I guess? But, but yeah, what can you do? <laughs> so, because the V1 goggles basically came out summer of last year, right? I remember you um, you were demoing them at FPV Drone Fest at the Cooling yes. Towers. Or not the Cooling Towers, the, um, the, what was it called? Clipstone uh, Colliery. Clipstone Colliery, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. And so I guess within one year, or you know, around a year, now they're on to the new ones, so... That's yes, they're obviously uh, yeah they're working at it. Yeah, that's I did not ex- I did not expect them to be releasing a new goggle that quite as soon. Like, I thought they would keep you know working on updates and things like that. Like it came, I was like oh I I found out pretty much about the goggles when everyone else did on the Facebook group. So yeah, yeah, it came out. They're really sort of developing a load of stuff, I guess, and uh, yeah. Well, they should they should probably still be supporting the V ones. Like it's only been a year, right? So, like like you were saying, that like they're they're likely still going to be supporting that for you know for a bit. So yeah, yeah, so that's good. Yeah, definitely. They've got a new website as well. If I quickly share my screen, I'll quickly show you. Um, look, present. Uh, let's share my screen. Here we go. Walks now. There's a new website just being released by D3PL, which is called Walksnail Hub. Uh, if you guys have heard of uh, D, or you, you probably heard of D3VL, but yeah, they've released a new, an awesome new little release page. So your new firmware comes out, you've got a nice sort of graphical interface, I guess. Uh, seeing when all those come out, your products, um, blog, things like that. So it's definitely worth checking out if you've got some a pair of Walksnail goggles and you're wanting to see. Sort of what the changes in the firmware are, and and down and download links and things like that. Then it's a good place. It's uh, walksnail.app in in your web browser. Um, just thought I'd share that. Mm. Isn't it? It's a nice new app that D3VL developed. Cool. Yeah. It's this time of the the week where we say who's been flying anything, and obviously failsafe flew something and then crashed at the bottom of the cliffs of Dover. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, did I go flying last weekend? Oh I yeah, yeah. We did. Oh, I'm gonna quickly show you guys um, something really cool, which happened last weekend, which was organised by um, a fellow pilot in the UK called Shep FPV. Um, we had there was about 30 pilots coming. I'll quickly share share what we would go up to. Share my screen. Um, but yeah, we had um, we organised a little meetup. I say a little meetup, but there's around 30 people that turned up. I was like, I got there and I was like, 
gosh, how many people we actually got in? There's like, yeah, so many people. We had crazy carts, and we had smoke and everything. We had loads of drones flying around. I'll quickly script on the next one. Um, yeah, crazy carts, drones. Uh, there's all the people there that turned up to the meetup, and it was just incredible. Um, the amount of people that came we had. So we'll look, we quickly share I, um, this one. A picture of me on the crazy cart. These things go extremely quickly. Um, kind of scary sometimes. Um, but you've got the, and we mounted fireworks to drones and everything like that. So you can see a clip of us um, one around the golf course. Yeah, it was um, a good blast. Quickly shout on it was awesome. Fireworks. And... Someone even was uh, on the crazy cart, mounted a uh, one of them to it, <laughs> and got this footage here. Um, I uploaded it to TikTok, and now my TikTok account has got a strike. So yeah, TikTok oh, didn't really? that for some reason. Yeah. But Why? What for danger? Dangerous. Or yeah, dangerous. Yeah. Fun is activity, now illegal. Yeah. Can't have fun these days. So that's what we. Shut that down. That was what we got up to last weekend. I didn't fly, but many, many just got footage. But yeah, it was a really cool meetup. Anyone else been out flying recently or anything like that? I've not been around the inside of my house with a whoop. Oh, that is the level I... of the weather. <laughs> yeah, it's just snowing out. out. It just starts raining. Yeah, Can you do snow. Some... <laughs> oh, man. Canada for you. Yeah. Curry, didn't you do some GPS activity? Yeah, that wasn't flying. That was putting GPSs out in the back garden and then timing <laughs> how long it takes. That was <laughs> that was all action that was. It's like, look, let's have an M8 versus M10 race. Go! Forget power loops. Yeah. It just, the, the quad sat in the garden overheating. And it, it did rain halfway through as well. I had to run back inside with it just to upset me. Yeah, so not very exciting. It might be all right tomorrow, so I'm going to take my little wood out into the forest and see if I can fly around the trees a bit. I did order one of those new Radio Master uh, wheel radio things. Oh, radio. yes. MT-12. MT-15? MT-12, yeah. Because it was pointed out there's quite a lot of radio for the money, so I thought I'd get the pre-order price and, uh, and have it to play with over winter, thinking it'd be fun to go around the house with little cars. I haven't got any quite as small as Curry's, but I've got a few little drift cars and things uh, and some uh, shiny floors to spin them around on, so I thought that'd be a laugh. It's cool. Oh, and tanks as well. I've got a tank. My tank is running FR Sky, so I need to sort that out, get the tank on ELRS. In fact, get both tanks. I've got two tanks, got a big tank and a little tank. The indoor little tank is also on FR Sky on some like no name tiny FR Sky receiver. So move them both. How do the cats react to that? Um, with curiosity, it's got really bright LEDs. I've got some of those kind of three by three grid. LEDs, two of them as headlamps on the front. So uh, you can flick those on on a switch and uh, blind the cats. And I was driving around under the bed where all the dust bunnies and old bits of string are. And uh, the cat followed me under there. <laughs> and I had to turn around and flash the headlights at it to, uh, to get it to move. <laughs> it did. <laughs> After looking at me curiously for a few, well, a few seconds. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's all. Have you guys heard about the new iFlight Helion 10 drone that was released, I think, this week or last yeah. week? Yeah, inch really drone. good for carrying large yeah. missiles, the big cameras. 
Well, that's um, the reason you're not going to get one out of China. Yeah, that can carry a big piece of explosive and drop them on Russian troops. It's designed purely for carrying large, large, say, large 10 or 15 kilo cameras. Yeah. Don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And uh, they, did a, they did a video on YouTube, um, an announcement video, where they were like, it will always return to you or something like, you know, basically equipped with the latest GPS module, so it will always return to you and things like that. Yeah. And um, if you look in the product description, it says... Um, asterisks. <laughs> asterisks. Uh, beta flight. Uh, it says GPS functionalities to find your way back on those ultra-long-range missions. Beta flight GPS rescue mode ready to set up. Default off to prevent unexpected behavior. Setup instructions included. But yeah, in this the is advert, the iFlight like, who refused to ship with the latest back. firmware. Yeah. The same mm. iFlight that didn't tell any of the developers they were using uh, M10 GPSs, but just shipped them, I think. Come on. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Helpful. <laughs> that's like interesting. I would like, well, something I'm thinking about doing next year, my friend at work was uh, telling me about, is going to Iceland and doing uh, diving. I think they've got volcanoes going off in the middle Ooh. or something. And okay. uh, yeah, I'm 100% want to dive the volcano. Well, would that not inform your prop choice? Let's not leave <laughs> another quad. <laughs> but yeah, yeah so, um, that's um, going to be, I think, one, one trip we're going to be next year. Iceland, hire a 4x4, just go exploring the coast and diving, yeah, diving them out of the mountains. That's going to be the there trip we're doing There seem to be many decent places in Iceland to go. You've got these uh, just amazing valleys full of waterfalls and just big holes oh, in the ground and stuff, as, aside from anything else. I mean, so good. And, if you're and flying around a volcano, what props would you choose? Oh, probably carb Would carbon fiber be best? I don't know. Yeah, they wouldn't Things that melt. Don't melt. Yeah, anything that doesn't melt. <laughs> so carbon fiber are actually... Nylon reinforced. Mm, it's probably not They're carbon yeah, reinforced cool. nylon, right? Gra granite. Mold them out of granite. Granite props. That would be all right. Curry remembers the, the bewildering array of, array of materials that used to be present so in man. props. What would, be, what would be good for a prop? Short of the Lost. obvious BMFA friendly choice of metal. <laughs> make, make them out of razor blades. That seems safe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, it, it doesn't really matter because let's face it if you get it hot enough all the wires are melt anyway and it just crash yeah. well the, the, the wires will melt the silicon covering would go about 350 to 400 ish right but the mm. props will go at like 150 to 200 so yeah I was actually watching a guy who was flying uh, volcanoes in Iceland and like chunks of you know volcanic eruption yeah. or whatever the you know magma i don't magma. know what the heck it is yeah it's um <clears throat> it literally like you know you just see it fly up and it like hits his camera and then all of a sudden his drone is flying very weird he somehow manages to get it back he gets wow. back and there's like you know there's a, 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 a third of a prop left on his one on the one prop and it's like <laughs> like you can hear it in like the behind the scenes footage like the quad Impressive. sounds so messed up <laughs> <laughs> Lingus, or show some, uh, show some screens. Oh, I remember seeing the footage it. of uh, the John Oliver show, and they blew up the year. I think it was 2020. They built a massive sign that said 2020, and they blew it up. And they flew a drone through the explosion when all these kind of it's like you know gasoline airburst explosion to get a big orange boom, and they flew a drone through it. And uh, they got the footage and then found the drone afterwards and the props are all like curled up and frazzled. 
Do, do any of you remember the original Inspire video where they landed on the uh, uh, in in the magma and it the 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 drone just sunk into it? Do any of so, you remember that? That doesn't sound like a very good promotional video. Yeah, hang on, I'll have a look. DJI. Oh, I feel he's getting too close. Crazy. Yeah. Unless there's a lot of zoom on that. Oh, this one doesn't show. I think I yet. saw this one. This this was like that was a couple of years ago. Like yeah. I saw someone do this on a DJI, and his his arms came back like warped or something. <laughs> Man, that's incredible. It's yeah, kind of like one. you think if if you run through fire, it won't get you. So maybe if you fly through lava, it'll be all right because you can't hit the side quick enough. Crazy. Yeah, I couldn't find the exact video, but I mean, I'm sure you could get the gist of it. It's magma or lava and plastic, you know, it's uh, those two things <laughs> don't go a good together. combination. <laughs> magma. Magma. Contest. <laughs> we took eight props and flew them through lava. Let's see which works best. That's actually a good point. That that would be a very good use case for having an octo if you knew that there was a likelihood of getting a lava prop strike midway. Yeah. <laughs> Take one out and you still got seven more. Yeah. I just hope it doesn't go through to the next prop above. <laughs> yeah. No, you would have the the old kind of giant octo instead of the stacked, right? Put it what you need is a lava cage, a cage that goes around it and it's like meshed. So the air can get through for thrust, but little bits of lava rock will bounce off it. Just like, oh, see, I thought getting you meant, really heavy. I thought, you meant like, I thought you meant like a, a case that was made out of magma. <laughs> that would be difficult. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's, it's, a bit, it's a bit hot to touch, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, we're getting corrected about what is magma and what is lava. Ah. Magma is underground, lava is when it comes out. They're totally different materials. One yes. metamorphoses magically into the other. They're totally so different. So safe would Martin have to be one of the famous dives to actually hit magma and go inside the volcano and down Thank underneath. Thank you, Tailspin. <laughs> Liquid magma. Let's try not to lose another one this year. Well, next year. Was there a yeah, GoPro attached as well? Sorry? So was there a GoPro attached to it as well, or was it just... Oh, no. Luckily, no. No. That's something. Uh, yeah. That was um, good. If I can bring up the footage for you guys, um, I forgot it. And the stuff you do, I imagine you're you're quite steeled to seeing your toys disappear or explode into a cloud of confetti now. Yeah, pretty much. I did well. At heart of iron. Yeah. I mean, that you was the quad that got bashed. That was the quad got bashed throughout Croatia, so it's it was set on its last legs, but. So when yeah. you say it wasn't, it was struggling in the wind. It might be like it was just rattling and beaten almost to death when you took off. Yeah, yeah. Like you took, you take off, and then you go against the wind, and you'd be almost full throttle, and you, you, you know, you get not getting past that wind. So yeah, yeah it, it was insanely windy, and it was just oscillating, like just flying forward, um, really quite badly. So, Dennis, I probably should have packed up and went, but. The cliff dies when it did. Last really 
the famous last lipo. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is where Cole needs to look at bigger props, right? We're talking about the, your long-ranging aspirations. That's when you absolutely, yeah. absolutely don't want a four-inch. There's a bit no. of a headwind. Well, actually, I I have my uh, my rat lion frame. Uh, I'm, I I've now got my 3D prints, and I'm slowly uh, building out the seven inch. So it's pretty exciting. Excellent. Nice. Yeah, yeah, shall be fun. I'll be. Uh, yeah, it's for the it's for the mountains in Taiwan, and uh, you know if I can do. I can do 15, 20 minutes. I'll be happy. And, but I'll have to learn the, the ropes as far as, you know, uh, 6S 2P lie ions and uh, that type of stuff. But should be should be all right. Just no I'm full sure throttles for time. too long. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure full throttle is even allowed. I think it's like yeah, yeah. anytime you go throttle above half limit. throttle, you probably want an alarm going off on the radio. Like, cool it, cool it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So uh, it'll, it'll definitely be a learning curve, but uh, I'll have to, before I really send it out, I'm going to have to learn to trust it before anything. So, Yeah. Yeah, you've got to understand how that GPS return to home works. Um, you don't want to be testing it the first time you lose signal. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> what's t- Curry, what's your methodology for GPS testing? You seem to have a full-on scientific approach now. Uh, go out and, and test it, essentially. It's, it's like you find a safe place. If you're in a big field, you need to understand what your minimum uh, distance is, which is part of the setting. So you need to go beyond that and activate mm. it on a switch and see if it behaves. Uh, and then you need to try it for real by like turning off your radio to see if it goes into the same fail safe and make sure you can turn the radio on and, and bring it back again. Every time I'm going to go out far and I'm, I'm about to fly off, I will do a quick, let's put it into rescue mode just to make sure it turns around and comes back the right way before I fly again on every, every flight. Therefore, I know if it does go wrong, it's working. But I haven't ever had to use rescue mode in anger yet. That's good. But, I'm, uh, yet to, I'm yet to try rescue mode. I've never tried it, but... I've seen it in action, and the latest update as well, where it lands as well, that is so cool. I've seen it. Uh, Michael does do that. He likes to disarm for about 12 feet and try and hit me. <laughs> it tries to guess when you're near the deck based on like when it thinks you've bumped something. But if your quad's a bit wobbly to start with, it thinks it's bumped something just coming down through its prop wash. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's like, that happy. sounds like a landing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... Am I less than X meters away from the height where I took off? And have I registered something that feels like a bump? Well, let's disarm. <laughs> but the thing is, unless someone's taken your radio and smashed it onto the ground, you'll never need that bit. No. Because if you've lost video signal or radio signal, as it's returning, that will come back. And then you can yeah. take control again and come yeah. back and land it. So unless, uh, unless something's gone really badly wrong with your radio, you don't have to think about it landing or just falling I mean, I'd prefer it to fall close by, near my feet, than than out in the distance. That's something. Just showing a quick clip of the rescue mode working. Um, That's uh, Alpha Charlie, isn't that? It's this fetid rescue. Here you go. You can see it landing here. See, hit the button. You can see it landing. Uh, It's about the point where it's going to disarm and dive onto concrete. 
That's not a man. Oh, no, what do we see? <laughs> it works. That's nice. literally disarming there. That's all. He's not wow. done anything. And it's hit the ground and it's disarmed. That's cool. pretty Yeah, cool. it looks, that's yeah. pretty epic. Yeah, I've talked mm -hmm. to Chris Thompson a whole bunch about the work he's done on this. And yeah, he's like tuned it so it uses 10 hertz GPS now and got like you can actually do a pitch tune for the uh, return to home and set the maximum angle the, everything so if you want and you're really confident in your quad you can like make it a total rocket ship and uh, have it fly back to you at very high throttle if you want to impress <laughs> your friends and terrify people <laughs> it, it yeah, feels I, like we need some balance to this coming back perfectly yeah. so here's, here's my <laughs> rescue mode on wasn't on this the one where bits were falling off your quad no, 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 no. This is this is a well-behaved quad. It just, <laughs> there it is. It's coming down. It's like, yeah, this is looking good. It, at that it's point, it seems to turn like it wants to hurt me and starts circling me like a hawk, <laughs> which is a bit weird. It's and then it gets here and it's like, that'll do. Oh, that's good that's enough. close enough. Good enough, mate. <laughs> that looked like it was only about two foot off the floor when it's on then. <laughs> it's, it's that's, a not weird too bad. Like, that's not too yeah. bad. You don't want it like land, you know, Going too close, I guess. Well, like I said, it's it's. But you don't want it not disarming and burning a motor. Starting. That's the trouble. Mm, that was yeah. the weird thing. It's like, Toilet bowling. I mean, does it? Does that GPS oh. have a compass on it? Because then that might Ooh. explain why it's circling around. Because when a compass correct does not have that, a compass, doesn't. Because no, I, I don't think GPS rescue actually uses that. In beta flight, is it reliant on the compass or is it not? I no, it doesn't use compass no, at all. In fact, uh, compass requires a lot of calibration. With, with uh, Caroline, um, who's in the chat, who who was trying GPS rescue mode and has a compass in her one, and she said there was this option in it where it says use magnetometer. There is. So she assumed it would use Ooh. it, and I was like, I don't know if it does. I don't know why. Well, like, even is for. Is that, oh, it might be just for RSD, potentially. Show you why you don't want to use the magnetometer in beta flight. Because um, you know, in iFlight, you have to kind of spin around and do all these kind of weird flips and things with a quad, right? You have to turn it on one side and then spin it around each yeah, axis yeah, yeah. to do the yeah. cal calibration. Right. So the the reason you have to do that is to calibrate the mag, so the mag knows like where the strongest signal is in each axis. Hmm. Um, yeah. You don't do that in beta flight because people just didn't bother to do the calibration code for it. If you want to calibrate it, the recommendation is to read this page, all of it, twice, <laughs> uh, and understand how to calibrate and then do a bunch of maths on, on the back of an envelope and figure no. it out. No. How many people do you think read this page before using every, the macatometer? Every single oh. No, every well, they start reading it and then say, oh, this hasn't been updated in That's four years. Calibration values now. are saved in the mag calibration parameter, which you can input manually, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Really? When was the last person anyone typed, last time anyone typed anything into the mag calibration this, parameter? This sounds like documentation to me. I don't believe. Well, yeah, I mean, that's written by a developer. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we advise people don't enable the mag unless you uh, really know you need it, because unless you've calibrated it, it'll like, totally misinform the rest of the rescue procedure and just be like, go that way. It's like having, having a drunk in the back of the car shouting, go that way, while you're trying to drive somewhere. <laughs> Not helpful. Nice. I mean, it's sort of, sort of places like bandos and things like that you wouldn't really want, you wouldn't really want GPS rescue on, so that's probably why I've never tried it. But yeah. Might have helped on your cliff dive, though. Oh, it would have, yeah. Oh, um, would it? 
Would it have gone up? Yeah, because it goes it? 20 metres higher than its highest point. So at your point, you were like minus 100 metres. It would have gone up to but, 20 metres or whatever. But if the motor's Whether disarmed... It, the, it might have hit the, um, the <coughs> cliff on the way, of course. I'm just thinking if the motors would have... Because um, I think the whole... I think the motor's desynced. So would it have rearmed the motors? <laughs> if it was that really highly know. tuned, yeah, you might have just had a bit of a freak mm. out. I guess. If, if it probably desynced, they just... <laughs> I've only ever seen desync flying along and just... And hit the floor, and that was it. And it was weird because it was like kind of like this. It was like facing upward, but it was kind of like a bit wobbly as it went, and it just kept going down. So I'm not too sure if that was a desync, I mean, or not. But oh, is this one of those batteries you've flown down to like nine volts on a 6S and then <laughs> maybe, it just maybe gave that. up and expired on you? Or is this going to be like Jack when he claimed he had a foul safe that just flew backwards into a hill? <laughs> Did you fly backwards into the White Cliffs of Dover failsafe, is what we're asking you. No, I didn't, no. no I don't <laughs> That's what they are saying. That's what it's, funny. it's funny because every single set of new goggles, like I've tested the V1 Walkstone goggles, and within a couple of weeks, oh, lost that in the farmer's field. Pretty much the same thing, really. Just dropped down and, yeah, didn't find it over then. And then this one, a couple of weeks, and uh, lost another quad. So this is a mm. running theme. It's just losing so power if I try down. three. See if I can so, lose one with O3. <laughs> yeah. what's, your, what's your verdict on O3, by the way? Because I've got it myself now, and as much as I love the footage, it feels a bit odd flying them. It doesn't feel quite quite right it's flying them. Weird, yeah. It's, it's, the field of view is massive on it. Um, I, I know we tried in that meetup, actually, where we were doing the fireworks. We tried mm. Archie. He has o, one of my friends, Archie. He has O3. And he was literally said it was impossible to fly. And I wish I would have had my drone then because it, that starlight camera would have been perfect for it um, in terms of low light. That's not definitely a weakness of it. But, oh, yeah, um, there's no yeah. low light visibility at all. It's awful and low light. <laughs> it's really it's, it's really good, the penetration and everything. It's, oh, yeah. I was flying it. I think I was flying it in the Goggles 2. No, mm. DJI Goggles V2. That yeah, was it. That's, that's fine that's there. But yeah, it was really nice. Yeah. It's a bit, I think it would take some time for me to get used to it. But yeah, it's... The range is fantastic. You keep signal oh, yeah. for like a full kind of maybe 80% further than the old Vistas used to do. And it looks great so long as the light's good. But then yeah, I mean, sometimes when you're doing like your spins, it'll just be like smooth and then chop, chop, chop. Like it's dropped a bunch of frames. And mm. I always wonder, like, am I about to lose signal? And then it'd be fine. Just every now and then it drops mm. frames and... Or it has jitter and it just feels very I'm not much experience with it to mm. sort of know that, but um, I know I did fly it. We did a back to back sort of comparison with uh, uh, in Croatia when we were there. We flew behind the entire house where the swimming pool was, and O3 was pretty much flawless. I mean, you did notice the latency, you, you know, increased a little bit, but it's pretty much flawless. There's no, no real stuttering. It still looked really good. Whereas Avatar, you flew around that and it definitely wasn't as good lie but um i've not obviously i'm not too sure if that was my vtx because it could just be a simple case of my antennas broken knowing how much we bashed the quads out in croatia yeah, so yeah. could it be something similar as that but definitely is impressive for sure yeah I don't, cool. i'm not I, i've not really i've sold my v2 goggles now so i've not really got a chance to try the v uh the system but um I do love the, the form factor of the, these goggles and, and sort of the other walks on goggles. They're just a lot more compact than the v2, DJI V2s. Which I They're really box like. goggles, basically, aren't they? The, the V2s. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then you've got yeah, those, you've got a choice of either box too. goggles or goggles where you can't use your own battery. Yeah, mm. and yeah, Integra's. Mm. Yeah, I'm not too sure yeah. I can get used to that. They they it's just not really comfortable. They're not really comfortable. I may mean, probably get something to fix it. You know, some sort of foam or something. That's not something I've experimented experimented with. The field of view is massive though, but I think you can reduce that with cropping and stuff. So yeah, it's not really something I've looked in too much. Okay, um, I think we're we're rolling the credits now, so we should probably call it, guys. Uh, thank you very much to our wonderful Patreons who are scrolling at the bottom of the screen. You keep this show going. We really, really appreciate you. We've actually got some interesting developments we're working on, so maybe next year we'll be announcing some more bits and pieces for Patreons. We'll keep you posted. Um, but this evening, you have been joined by everyone's favourite, Curry Kitten. Goodbye. I have, to, I have to say everyone's favourite, Rui. It's contract. Yeah, can't, can't be a breach of contract. The lawyers will be after me. Our man who's actually been out flying, Cole. See ya. Bright until I fly. Thank you. And, of course, our special guest with all the knowledge about Walk Snail and an excellent pilot <laughs> with many tales to tell, Failsafe. Thank you. Bye. Cheers. And the man with the moustache. Oh, I'm oh, yeah. Stephen. Yeah, who hasn't been it's flying today to and is therefore a failure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. Right. Good night. Have a good night, y'all. Take care. Good Bye. Night. Bye. Telemetry lost.